Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello everyone, welcome to this new episode of the Partido Partido podcast where we talk everything about Aleti. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Aleti's loss to Barcelona where Aleti are breaking all the kind of wrong records. We know a Diego Simeon team has set so many defensive records from them conceding about 16 goals in the league season to going to conceding 30 goals in just 22 games. And basically, they considered four goals against FC Barcelona, which was the first time since 2012. And it was also against Barcelona, the Camp which ended 4-1. This Alicia have already lost six games this season, and they just need three more to surpass, which is eight games. That's the highest game Alicia have lost in a single season under Diego Simeone. It's also the first time Oblak has considered four goals in a league. And... We all know Cholo's teams have been defensively good, but well, this season, Aleti have been more of chaotic, basically lost, don't know what to do. So, joining me on the podcast to talk about this is Luke. Luke, how are you doing? Doing better. If we would have at least got something out of that match, but overall, I'm feeling okay. How are you? And I'm doing better than Aleti. So... And we have a special guest for this episode, and it is Juan. I think most of you guys know him on Twitter as El Juego de Posicion. So, how are you doing, Juan? I'm doing quite good, uh, especially after that victory, but uh, generally it's been going pretty well. Well, I'm sure you are all smiles given your team just beat Aleti at the Camp which is not a surprise for you, given Aleti have no one there since 2006. So, I'm just going to give a quick round of the game after we took the lead defensive mistake from 
lot of players, which has been a theme of a little season. And Alba scored one of the big goals of the season as the ball hit the shin and Oblak was left dumbfounded. And after that, another defensive mistake and Traore, well, he has, he, that game really left him also for dead on so many occasions. He was like, he was just astounding. A good debut for him returning back as Barcelona signing the winter transfer window from over Hampton Wanderers, putting the ball. And from there on, Aleti just looked lost because 4-2 with 15 minutes to play against 10 men Barcelona, Aleti could not find a way to come back and that ended in their feed away game. That is the feed away games now for Aleti and they haven't won a single of it. And basically, if you go back to it, you know, they just have one win in four, which was the roller coaster against Valencia. So I'm going to start with Juan. Juan, in that game, what do you think Aleti did bad and Barcelona did right? Because it was basically a game of two halves, Barcelona dominating the first. And you have the second half in which Aleti kind of grew into it. And then the red card just made it a step. I would say that what Barcelona did for sure right. Uh, they they, they take a lot of box in the first half, but I would say for most to have complementary profiles. So you had, for example, players between the lines like Pedri, Gavi, Frankie, Ferran at times as well, though less present. And then you had direct threats like Alba and Adama. And le- later in the second half, there was Aubameyang as well, who showed promising signs. Uh, for Atleti, it's a bit harder, you know, to put what they properly did right. Uh, but I would say that there were times where they, uh, they actually got outside in the first half. They actually managed to, for example, in the first goal of Carrasco, you can see that they still have that sort of directness, uh, you know, that that can show they can coordinate very well. Uh, simply, that did not happen often enough. Uh, and then for the second half, they improved, uh, partly because of themselves, but partly also because Barcelona slowed down. And I think uh, they were on the right track uh, after scoring the first goal uh, on, you know, taking it back. Uh, on running a tent, uh, and then there was of course the red card, uh, who pretty much changed the course uh, of the game. And Atleti should have, you know, to my sense at least, uh, pushed Barcelona more, and they did just to an extent. But that's the thing they, they need to work on. But then overall, uh, it's far from an ideal structure we saw yesterday. Well, you talked about the fact that Barcelona did quite well. You had the players linking up and quality try to give a little bit of positivity, but I'm not sure most Aleti fans will see much positivity in that performance. But talking about Xavi, Xavi has been at Barcelona for a while now. And well, that game was basically one of his best games at Barcelona because it was against a rival for top four and a tougher opponent, despite the fact that Aleti are struggling. They are the league champions. Let's not forget that they won La Liga last season. You could see his team did very well in limiting Aleti's threat on the counter, especially after Alba equalizer, they kept on pressing, piling the pressure of Aleti, suffocating Aleti, forcing Aleti into errors. Well, Aleti kind of made things easier for them with their defensive horror show. You have him also, well, as topic for later on the podcast, but credit to Chavez Barcelona for really doing that despite the fact that Aleti has some mistakes. So, look what you thought on that game and do you think what are the things you thought Barcelona did very well and Aliti did poor? Well, um, I think looking at both teams, I think they were poor, both of them poor defensively. But I think it just only showed 
when uh, they had the ball that we looked completely idiots. Uh, they were just much way better than uh, we were. Uh, I'm saying when we first got a goal, uh, beforehand we were playing so direct. I'm saying that a while, and like that's still ideal, like that nice sharp pass. And I was like, you know, this could be a great game. And then we can see it. It's like it's gonna be one of those games. And we we crumble. So um, I think that well, Barca with their uh, midfield uh, completely blocking out that our midfield basically, and we have Hermoso who's just uh, I can't see anything. Getting absolutely spun out by Adama. It's not even funny anymore. I don't know why he's still employed by this club. It's just, it's absolutely insane. Again, once again, we've seen some poor performance. I think from All Black, um, we can't blame all the goals on him, but there was definitely, I'm not sure which goal it was. I think it was um, the, the second one. Oh no, that that's Albus. Um, I think the first one he should have done a little bit better. And we're just like we have been every game. It's just we have to concede before we actually. Well, we actually didn't concede, but I, I seen Savage there saying we can't uh, start playing when we concede. I've seen Coke Soul saying that. For, and I, I don't know what to say. Well, uh, like you talk, I think you touched on Alexis midfield and the fact that Barcelona's midfield were better. That's why Alexis really loves the, the the game because the midf- Alexis midfield was kind of lost. It was later on in the second half where Cholo made some changes and you could see Alexis coming into life and we were like, Alexis were growing into the game and there was a little bit of positivity, but that's been a little, that's another team which been a, a little season. I think we have been kind of redundant on the podcast talking about the issues, same mistakes, a little not being able to control games, a little making mistakes here and there. The tactics are not clear, the game plan identity. We have, we have been, these are things we have been seeing well every week, and the players keep on repeating this. But one of the things I, if you want to control a game, I think Juan is going to agree with me on this. You have to have your midfield has to be. Solid. You need someone who can allow you to maybe press high, or someone who can stop the opposition team from the opposition team from passing the ball, flowing. I think Aleti has lacked that. For example, Gabi, Thiago, sorry, Gabi, we had Roji, Thomas. They, since the three of those, since those players left, Aleti has not really had that. We brought in Colombia to maybe assure things, or the injuries have been limiting. So, you almost a thought on Aleti's midfield. I would say that um, I definitely agree with you. And w- whenever you look at a at a team, there's a, uh, how they use the midfield will usually tell what what they're good at and what they're bad at. Because every attack and every transition pretty much goes through the def- uh, the the midfield. Uh, and in in the case of Atlético, it's a bit odd because firstly, for example, you had Saul who was used to be very good, and the last season hasn't found himself. Koke used to be very good as well, but this even this season he hasn't been that good, and it's a bit odd because if you look at the you know it's not like Atletico Madrid don't have any midfielders, 
because if you look at Condogbia, if you look at Lemar, if you look at um, before I said uh, Koke, you have a lot of midfield talents and there's RDP as well uh, while we're talking about him. Uh, so I guess it's more that there's this, what I've said a lot on Twitter, but it's uh, there's an identity crisis and it's what, what do I do now? Uh, given that, as you said earlier, Atleti have relied, you know, on the strong defense and also that El Cholo pretty much um, built his reputation on. And suddenly now, we already saw that during last season, uh, despite the title, that uh, we weren't sure where they were going because we know that the title-winning team was not the one, uh, you know, with the strong defense like in 2016. Um, and we saw that yesterday, for example, with Edemozo, uh pretty much and, and, uh, defending from the wings. This was horrific. And so the question, of course, is how do Atleti now get an identity? Uh, because either you try to build from the past, and that means, for example, trying to build on a strong defense, uh, but then there's going to be massive expenditure needed to get proper defenders, uh, or you have to build a proper identity, a new one, uh, and that probably means that Simeone has to go out. So these are questions that Atleti need to answer, their directives, uh, and then see, you know, accordingly transfer the managers out eventually, but also the players. Well, you just touched an important aspect about the players. We talked about this for a while now on the, on the podcast about the fact that one of the issues of Aleti this season, and it was overlooked by many, was the, was the squad planning at the beginning of the season. And in which this, the squad is unbalanced. You have so many attacking players. Aleti are basically the team with the most second strikers in the league, but you look at the defense, a team who has been playing three at the back, they have those four options, and two of the best of those four have been out injured. And also, is the tactics Cholo is using, which normally for every coach is supposed to bring the, is supposed to bring the best out of each player. Is those tactics, are they bringing out the best of the players or the worst of the players? Because last season we saw him also, when he switched to the tactics, he brought the, we saw the best of Felix from August to December. We saw the best of Lemar. We saw the best of Hermoso. But this season, playing Hermoso out wide, and it's not just season, Hermoso's first season, let's see when he played at the left back and the game against Valencia, Ferran Torres had him on the ropes for 90 minutes. I mean, each time Ferran has the ball and it's the one we want to vision with Hermoso, you get Hermoso, it's as if there's only going to be one winner. So, is the tactics Cholo using bringing out the best or bring, showing, bringing out the worst of the players? Because we just talked about the identity crisis. I would say that, no, not exactly. I mean, it, it's a hard question because the problem is you, it, it depends to what extent it's viable. Uh, as you said, for example, we've seen uh, Felix, who's whenever he has the ball, and even to some extent yesterday, uh, some of the ch- chances he created, uh, you can see his quality on, in possession. Uh, now, the problem is that Atletico not known for in possession. And on, I think it was the s- second goal uh, of Barca yesterday, you can see Felix who's not defending properly his marker, uh, which gives free space for Barca to operate with the header. Um, and that, to me, the question is, of course, uh, firstly, as you said, the squad is unbalanced because uh, Atleti have really so many attacking talents this season, RDP, Cunha, uh, Felix, as you said, Korea, for example, that we will talk about later, uh, that it's you know hard to put them at once. And what for sure, for example, is that personally, at least, I don't see the absolute starter spot of Suarez justified, um, especially when you drop Korea, for example, for, uh, for him. 
because the fact is that yes, Suarez, for example, will score you one goal, but to, to my sense, he should always be a substitute. That's the first thing. And second thing to answer, you know, does it really benefit most? Most I don't think so, uh, because uh, uh, I don't think I feel that a lot of players could that are performing not too bad could perform well way better. So uh, of course uh, that includes, for for example, Saul. I'm I'm convinced uh, that under the right possession system, he could gain back his form. Uh, Koke, for example, as I said last season, was an absolute banger in terms of form, and this season has been pretty poor. Uh, and for example, the other problem is with Oblak, for example, because of, as you probably know, he's having one of his worst seasons ever uh, in terms of you know saves of uh, saves. And the fact to me is that one of the aspects of why he's performing so badly is because the defense has changed immensely. You have now a defense that is way more leaky, and of course, it means it's more 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 work for Oblak, which he isn't used to, given the past five years, more more or less. So I I would say that until last season he did a well, for example with Rodente, um, with Trippier, for example who left he did it wonderfully. But I don't think that this season has been because I I don't know if he requested those signings or if he requested signings that weren't signed. Uh, but in either case, I don't think that the squad he has right now uh, fits him fits his ideas. Uh, what, whether it may be because it's unbalanced or because he didn't want some players, uh, as I said, I'm not aware. Uh, but I definitely think that other managers could take uh, could do something more uh, with it. I'm notably thinking of Kondogbia, for example, who's great, uh, but I still think he can do better. I'm thinking of Lodi, for example, uh, who has has his moments, uh, but I still believe that transition-wise, he can still be amazing. Uh, and so th- these are questions, of course, as I said, it all depends on the identity. Uh, and it depends whether you want them in or or not. But that has to be to me in a coordination with the manager's wishes and ideas. Well, I agree on all what you have said. You have said, and through there are a lot of underperforming players, and you just mentioned all of them: Lodi, Kondombia, even Captain Koke. You also have a lot of players who are underperforming. And in my own opinion, I think despite the fact that these players are underperforming. And it's clearly hurting the team. But in my opinion, if with a clear idea of how the team wants to play, I think these players, they perform a little bit better. You also talked about the fact that most of the players are not really suited for Cholosimo. And I, I agree with that. Not let me say most, but some. You have the guys like Hermoso, Hector Herrera. There, is, there are quite a number of them who are not really suited for Cholosimo. And now the question comes in, these signings, whether he signings or the club signed them without informing him, all these questions are coming about. But, well, at Aleti, we all know that you have three options and, and most of the time, the club end, end, the club ends up getting the third choice. And that's been the case for several seasons now. The club, despite the fact that Chulo has done an amazing job, I think most of the outsiders don't really know the magic he has been doing at Aleti because the owners are not really wants to be trusted. Because you can get, like, for example, you are asking for Vlaovic and the next day, Get say Morata, no issues with him, but that's the that's a little reality. And despite the fact they have gotten lots of things right in the past in the transfer market, recently it has not really been great. And Bata really messed up this summer. So, coming back to the fact you talk about Suarez with Suarez in the team, he has really been awful. I think the game against Barcelona was probably one of his best games this season. 
with him in the team, Atleti has to play a little bit higher up the pitch, play closer to the box. But him starting is not justified because you have Atleti's best striker on the bench, which is Korea. And each time he comes on, he does things that wow the teams, improve the team. And you also have Punya. Lot of factors affecting Aliti at the moment. I think you have touched a lot, a lot of them. We don't really know the details and how what is going on in Jesse Lim, what Simeon demands from the player. But with the current breed of player he has, I think we all agree that most of them are suited to the position based time. That means Aliti having more of the ball playing a little bit higher up the pitch. Because to be honest, having someone like Felix tracking back all the time is not really his game. But, well, he has to do that if he wants to start games at Aliti, even Cholo always demands that from his players. But that's not really his game. Lots of players at Aliti, you have him also exposing him 1v1 with someone like Adama Chaoui, really hurts him. I think it's a similar situation to someone like Eric Garcia at Barcelona, in which he's a very good player, but a player who tries under certain conditions and certain environment. So I think Cholo has to study his players, know the strengths of I think he already knows that, but he has to do what he did last season from January to December. Look for the right recipe that is going to mix all those ingredients which are the players together and us the fans can see our team playing because Aliti fans don't mind if the team sits behind for 20, is it even more than 20 minutes, but they want to see that fighting spirit. That is something that has been lacking in the team this season. But over the season, as we talked in previous episodes, the defense have been really going bad and that has affected the Black's performances because he really looks lost. He looks like he looks like he's not looking like himself, self-confidence and the rest. So at the moment you are asking Aleti against Villarreal control the game for like 15 to 30 minutes and Villarreal like wow this so this is what they are capable of. And against Barcelona you have 15 minutes. You had those spells and you keep on saying yourself what if this team plays like this for 60 minutes in 90? Why can they not play like that from the onset and the answer is not really coming? So, look, on the same question, I'm going to ask you, do you think Aliti needs to maybe move away from Cholosimo? When I say Cholosimo, I'm not saying moving away from Cholo, but Cholo needs to take a more courageous approach. Like we have, we talked about his approach in, in the Copa de Rey against Raya, Rayo Majandahora, I think I, I pronounced it right this time. And Aliti were really cruising with Kondubia at the ankle. And Kondubia just came up from injury, which can be good news because we need a defensive ankle to maybe play that high intensive football. Someone we can who, who can break up the game or retain possession for Aliti. I think we should. Why not play like that? We go to the same. That's the best leg we say when we play, as you said, against Villarreal. That's 20 minutes. And then. So that odd 15 minutes that we had where we were playing, we were actually playing. Don't understand what Charlo's down there. Like he's making, uh, I was heavily harsh criticizing him last night. He he made a big mistake, a big mistake in Tails and Hermoso, but that's another topic. But why can't we not play like that direct? And like even start the match, we were playing direct. That's how we got our goal. It's not like it's we don't have the players for it because we obviously do. Now, I mean, like we're missing a few players, but I don't think we should be. We're missing any key players, or we can say your end table. We have absolutely no excuse for the way we're playing, and it's nothing to do with the players we're missing. We should be playing better 
than we should. With the players that we have on the pitch, just absolutely no excuse. And I don't know if it's a mentality issue with the players or it's Cholo's fault or it's a bit mix of both, which I probably think it's a mix of both. But we 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 need to play with we need to play with intensity, with a bit of kindness. That's it. Yeah, I think what you just said is summarizes a little a team without intensity, a little a game state team, a team who are reactive, they wait for the opponent to score them or maybe go a goal or two down before they react and you are like asking why is that where is that intensity from? So before we move on to Korea, I'm going to just maybe clarify some things, setting this concentration on Twitter for Aliti fans. Analytics, you look at Aliti's statistics this season, like the XG and whatever, you see Aliti are conceding more goals than they should have, they are score, they are scoring less than they should have. The issue is, I think, against Barcelona, Aliti had a better XG than Barcelona. That was due to the fact that Aliti had quality chances, but to be honest, if you watch the game for 90 minutes, you really know Aliti, Barcelona deserves to have scored four, not just four goals, but maybe five or six. So, with the XG, is really misleading because the XG are not saying how Aliti has been performing this season, which that is a flaw in that statistic. So, basically, before maybe you use a stats to prove a point or whatever, maybe you should put in the context because the XG are not really, really saying what is ongoing at Aliti. Yes, it's like, for example, Aliti may create, um, let me say, three good chances and the XG may, of each of those chances may be around 0.8. And if you do the math, you see that it is quite, that's about, that's 2.4. And maybe another team creates a cha- an XG of, of 5, of 0.5, and they create like four, whatever. So it is all about the context. So moving on to Korea now, I'm going to start with you, Luke, because I know definitely is your best player. What does Korea need to do to start at Aleti? Because he's definitely Aleti's best striker this season. His consistency is there, his hard work, everything. When he's on the pitch, he makes things happen. Um, I don't think he's doing anything wrong. I'm sure Charlo knows that. Obviously, he's our top scorer. So there's nothing, nothing there. Now, there was controversy when the, the lineup came up and he wasn't there. I wasn't too, I wasn't disappointed at all. I thought maybe that's a, a good, good choice, because if 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 the first half played alright, he can bring Correa on. He's hundred percent. While all the other players have already played forty-five minutes, he's lethal. He can. His individual skill, he can create chances for himself and it make for a comfortable uh, match. I think sometimes that Correa, when he starts games, he gets lost in the field. He just, you barely see him for the game. I think that that's what Charlo's uh, mentality was with that. But otherwise, there's absolutely no, no reason why you shouldn't stay. Well, so many Aleti fans always ask the question, why doesn't he start? And like you said, there's absolutely no reason. You can't really understand the logic why he's not starting. So, Juan, I'm going to ask you now, is it Korea or Felix or Korea or Suarez or both of them can play in the same Aleti or start in the same Aleti team? Because at the moment, it seems like Cholo is not... He has started the making against Aleti Bibao, in which 
it was good, but it didn't pay off. And the same thing against Real Sociedad, which it did not pay off. And that was not due to, it was not really their fault, but it was down to the fact Aliti were playing long balls. And with when you check the stats, when Aliti play against, or when Aliti play with Korea and Felix up front, they, when balls are sent into the box, Aliti have a lot less ball, less men present in the penalty box. Is that maybe a reason for him not starting or is Cholo saying Felix is 120 million and well, you have always been there and blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure. And that's a question I've asked myself pretty much all season. Um, and I think there's some fact in this. Uh, it's, of course, natural that there's less box presence because uh, it's hard to have more box presence than Suarez. Uh, but with that said, as I mentioned before, I don't think... And I don't think anyone actually thinks that, that Suarez should be a guaranteed starter simply because I assumed that he'd continue this season as a super sub uh, because that's what would make most sense because you can see that a few of Atleti's counter-attacks just don't add up because Suarez just doesn't have the legs anymore. Uh, and that's totally normal to accept, uh, once again, given his age, uh, and the last year so he's been. I mean, I think Atleti knew what they're getting into. Uh, and of course, it was wonderful that last season he had a massive overperformance uh, that guaranteed, you know, Atleti a lot of goals. Uh, that said, I think there's also an element of um, him not trusting, you know, the goal output. Uh, because I'm not sure we've seen that often, uh, Korea and Felix play together. Uh, but as I mentioned before, Felix on his defending is probably insufficient. Uh, not that, you know, Suarez especially defends a lot. Um, and therefore, I think that he just doesn't trust them to create enough play. Uh, which is, of course, sad because I would be willing, uh, you know, to see more uh, of the two. Because I think uh, they, they can complement very well. Uh, I also think they, they create chances in a very different way. Uh, but with that said, I assume it's that simply Simeon is not ready, uh, you know, to have such a dominant side on possession. Uh, because I think the best way of having Kode and Felix is, of course, if you're going to have a strong midfield. Uh, and as we mentioned before, that's not exactly the case right now for Atleti. So I think it's that. Uh, but once again, it's very hard. Uh, and the question is, of course, what happens, you know, once Lorente. Uh, comes back because I think he's so injured. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, because I think if Lodentic comes in, you have a very different picture. Uh, but without, because I think with Lodente, uh, he'd be ready, you know, to sacrifice so called Suarez and put him instead because Lodente, as he showed last season, guarantees you a good presence. Uh, but with that said, I don't think uh, that uh, Cholo will. Ch- continue to uh, do that. But I don't think also he'll continue, you know, uh, Jeff Correa Felix, for example. I, I see it as very unlikely. And as I said, I'm not sure myself because as we've said, Correa, uh, if you ask any fan, he's really the best, uh, most consistent and best performing uh, forward for Barakarasco, maybe. Um, and the fact that today in modern football, you need to have proper mobility is a really odd thing for Correa because, you know, he's really set up perfectly in this team uh, to my sense because he's leading transition in a very good way. Uh, so I assume there's something going on behind the scenes that fans just don't know. Well, 
that will be left to be seen. Hopefully, maybe when Korea has left the club, I will see another documentary and maybe the truth is coming out. But at the moment, it seems Korea is going to be taking the super sub role, which I think most Atleti fans will agree that's a role which fits suits Suarez perfectly, given most of the games around the last 30 minutes of the game, so 20 or 15. Atleti are maybe needing a goal and opposition are sitting and you have a box present in Suarez. So moving on from that, we go now to talk about Atleti's driver for the top four. We have Betis, we have Villarreal. Villarreal won this weekend. We have Barcelona, we are Atleti lost to. So talking about Barcelona, Juan, what's your take on Barcelona, on Xavi maybe guiding Barcelona to the top four? Is there any chance for them slipping up and Atleti coming behind them and creeping into the top four? Or they are just... It's a very hard question, um, but I'm not. Uh, I think for the top four, I never doubted that, uh, and I think it depends of you know how the Betis will deal because Pellegrini is known historically for being able to manage his squad very well, uh, and now the Betis will have tests because I looked the other day at their schedule, uh, and they're not having it easy because they have the Europa League uh, against Zenit, who have strengthened themselves with quite two good signings and still have Claudius in form. Uh, they have still, for example, I think Athletic Club to uh, battle against. Uh, the next fixture is, I think, against Levante, so that should be fine. Uh, but they don't have an easy schedule. Uh, and I, I see it as, as unlikely uh, that they'll stay at, as third. If they do, credits to them. Uh, I don't see it. Ha- Personally, I don't see it happening. I see Barcelona finishing third. Uh, but of course, I don't see them uh, winning, uh, um, surpassing Sevilla. Uh, that's a bit of a stretch. And on Xavi, as, uh, to my sense, as I've often said, Xavi is performing the way I expected him to. Uh, so that means, you know, does one in the beginning, then struggles, and now there's this game that pretty much is a confidence boost. And that, you know, against a respected opponent, uh, which is a rarity in the last years for Barcelona. Uh, so I definitely think. That um, it's been up to you know what's been expected, uh, and for the top four, I was initially would have always told you it's very tight, uh, but the fact is that Barcelona now with the certain signings, they have pretty much depth, and so it's hard to see you know for example Real Betis, Villarreal, or whoever uh, they also see that compete against them. I just don't think. Uh, when you look at the squad, they're made to compete against, for example, Bat- 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 Barcelona or Atletico uh, or whoever. So I definitely think uh, it won't be as easy. Uh, but I, de- I also think that there's no worries for Barcelona as of right now. Well, hopefully the fixture congestion on the side of Rehabilities can open things up for Valetti to maybe sneak in at the full position because, like you said, Barcelona have reinforced this trainer transfer window and they have a lot more depth now especially in attack and they have a lot of mobility and movements well look all the teams in the race for the top four have fixture coming up in the european competitions Aleti will be facing man united barcelona take on napoli which is not really an easy opponent that's after they take on espanol this weekend for villarreal they are also in the round of 16 of the champion league so all teams fighting for the top four have a lot of official condition, but with that of Betis, who are still in the Copa, the race semi-final, and the take on Alexi Club. So, rounding up this podcast, we are going to be 
asking our guests some questions, testing his knowledge about Aliti. So, Juan, are you prepared? Uh, I guess so. Look, hopefully, you don't give him some accents, okay? That's a fine album. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Juan, we are going you to... You might be uh, putting out some obscure questions <laughs> ahead. <laughs> Well, they are not okay. Sure, he's a Barcelona fan, but I'm asking a little question related to Barcelona. Is that okay, Juan? Um, I guess so. Do I have a choice? <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, Juan. So, when was the last time a little bit Barca the cup? Wasn't that in 2000? Wait, no, wasn't that last season? No, we drew there. Wait, so I think it's 2006. Ah uh, yes, that's true. Where and you know, Barcelona exactly beat yeah. Barcelona. So three, 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 one. One. Oh, three, one. Okay. Oh, okay. No. So, well, so far one on five. So the next question, Ali, Barcelona has gone two years without scoring a goal against Aliti. So before the encounter on Sunday, can you name the last Barca player to score a goal against Aliti? Uh, wait, can you repeat the question? Well, I said um, Barca has gone two years without scoring a goal against. Sorry, Barcelona has gone two years without beating Aliti, and the last time Barca beat Aliti, can you name the player who scored? Who the player who scored the winning goal? Um, that's wrong. Wrong. Uh, there was the one one uh, when we lost two one, uh, and if I'm not wrong, it was on a penalty. So I think that was Messi. Ah, that's easy. <laughs> that goal is gone. Yeah. Um. Okay. So another goal. So you have two on three. Well, the next one. Might be tough because it's a little related. So, who scored the opening goal for who scored the first goal at the Wanda Metropolitano? Um, for Atleti? Yes. Uh, wait. Give me a second. Wasn't that Cadasco? Ah, uh, Antoine Griezmann against Malaga. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's two on well, two on five. So the fourth question now is another easy one. When was the last time Aliti played in the quarterfinals of the Champions League? The quarterfinals that was two thousand. That was last season, I believe, because they went okay. out against Chelsea. If I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah, that was. In the round of 16, I think. Well, it lost to Chelsea in the round of 16 of the Champions League. So the round of 16? That's, yeah, it was round of 16. Literally, the last time was in 2000. The last time was in the 2019-20 season, which I lost to Leipzig. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. When there was COVID nineteen. Oh yeah, now I remember. Yeah, okay. So uh, this one may be helpful to you, but I think it's an easy one for you. Who scored the winning goal? Who scored the goal that won a little La Liga in twenty fourteen? Can you repeat? Who scored the goal that won a little La Liga in twenty fourteen? Uh, twenty fourteen, right? Yes. 2014. Now I have to remember even who was in the team. Because <laughs> it was at the camp with Diego Godin. Really? 
Well, you have well two on two out of five, so it's not it well. It's bad because <laughs> actually the last the last guest we especially we had was a Liverpool fan, and I'm sure you know him. He had four or five. Wow. <laughs> so thank you for joining us on this episode. Thank Ryan. you for having me. Looking forward to having you on for more episodes in the future. So look, thank you, thank you for helping me on this episode. Pleasure, as always. Well, so guys, remember, never stop believing. Nunca they are the greatest possible personality.